podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Top players to target in Game Week 26 Sun Dream Team. Now we're going to start off as always with the fixture ticker from ffstuff.co.uk. The Game Week 26 deadline is Saturday the 2nd of March at 2pm. Uh, thanks to everyone that joined our live stream last week. We're going to do it again, so make sure you subscribe to this channel and the Dream Team Tonic podcast. So we're going to do another deadline stream around 12.31 o'clock um, to give us a bit more time before the Dream Team deadline. So we are going to start off with the teams with double game weeks this week, which is Manchester City, Liverpool, Brighton, West Ham and Aston Villa. Now, Manchester City have a home double of United and Copenhagen, and they follow that up in game week 27 with a single game week against Liverpool. So a tough single game week in game week 27. Uh, Liverpool have an away double, Forest and Sparta Prague. Uh, and in game week 27, they have another double game week, which is the second leg against Sparta Prague and obviously um, Liverpool uh, versus Manchester City that we just mentioned. So double game week, two weeks in a row for Liverpool. But the second one does get a bit harder. Um, and then following on from that, now they're through in the FA Cup and they'll face Manchester United away in game week 28. So I'll come on to the FA Cup draw after this. Aston Villa, they have an away double of Luton and Ajax. And then in game week 27, Spurs and Ajax in the second leg. Um, so again, double game weeks for Aston Villa for the next two game weeks. Brighton, it's an away double again. These away doubles are popular this week. So... Brighton have Fulham and then Roma in their first leg of the Europa League. And then in game week 27, they have Forest and Roma at home. So double game weeks, twice in a row for Brighton as well. Fulham, Roma, Forest, Roma. And then West Ham, another away double. Everton and Freiburg this week. And then next week, it's a double game week of Burnley, Freiburg. Um, and they've just turned around their fortunes after I think about eight games without a win. So as soon as Paqueta's come back, West Ham are back in form. Um, if you haven't kept up to date with um, all the Dream Team goings on or football goings on this week, I did have a match day recap video earlier in the week where you can look at all the top point scorers and key talking points. Um, but there's a few teams with single game weeks that look okay. So typically we would be targeting these double game weeks, especially now it's um, Europe starting back up again. But we have got a few okay singles. So Arsenal are away to Sheffield United, which Sheffield United did a bit better against Wolves um, last week. But Arsenal in such good form, you'd have to expect that this is going to be a really, really good game for Arsenal. So Arsenal away to Sheffield United in a single game week. They follow that up with a double game week in 27, which looks really appealing. So Brentford at home and then FC Porto at home. So single then a double, but then Arsenal don't have the FA Cup in that game week 28, so um, they will actually blank now because they were due to play Chelsea, uh, but Chelsea are through to the next round. So Arsenal won't have a fixture in 28, so you might not want to load up um, too much on Arsenal because eventually they will have that blank. Newcastle, uh, they're home to Wolves this week, and then it's a single against um, Chelsea away the week after. And of course, I mentioned Game week 28, FA Cup, they made it through. But now their reward is an away match against Manchester City. So really tough draw for Newcastle. I think it's probably time that people are starting to move away from Newcastle now. Obviously Trippier, still very popular. Um, 
but I don't think I'd be hanging on to many other assets. Obviously, Dubravka done okay in midweek, um, got over his illness. But yeah, the fixtures aren't looking fantastic for Newcastle. Um, Spurs just had a blank, so a lot of people would have moved off of their players completely. Um, and also, they haven't got any competitions left. So they're not in Europe, they don't have Cup. So it is just Premier League for Spurs. Do have a home game against Palace, which on paper looks okay. Um, but Palace have just got a new manager and they did look uh, much improved in that last game. So maybe it's not as easy as it looks, um, but we might have a few players there to maybe take a punt on Son, for example. But overall, I still think going for these um, double game weeks seems to be the way to go. A team that do have double game weeks coming is uh, Bournemouth. They're away to Burnley this week, so just a single. But Burnley away does look like a decent fixture. And then in game week 27, they have that Premier League double for a rearranged fixture um, against Sheffield United at home and Luton at home. Which looks fantastic, and a few people have had this in mind, maybe for taking a, a chance on Solanke for a week as a bit of a differential. But he missed the FA Cup um, squad, he wasn't in the squad for the FA Cup game, and he, he'd missed the round before, he was left out of the squad for the round before, so it didn't seem that much of a concern. Um, but they came out and said, the manager came out and said after the game that he was struggling with a knee injury, and he did go off early in the game before. Um, so we'll have to wait for news updates on Solanke. Definitely wouldn't be going early. So I'm not going to mention in this video. Maybe keep it in mind for that double. But yeah, it's not looking good if you were planning for Solanke. He could potentially be injured. Um, then on to... So I'm just going to go over the longer-term fixtures, the fixture volume for the next three weeks. Um, and the FA Cup finished last night. We had FA Cup action last night and the draw last night. Um, so I'll quickly just fill you in on the draw. So Wolves face Coventry in the next round. Manchester United are at home to Liverpool. Chelsea are at home to Leicester City. And Manchester City face Newcastle United in the quarterfinals. Um, so this will be taking place in game week 28. It has caused a few teams to have um, blank game weeks in game week 28. So teams that one of them has FA Cup and the other one doesn't. Those games have now been um, postponed. So game week 28, uh, you've got Manchester City face Newcastle. Man United face Liverpool. Um, obviously Liverpool face United. Newcastle face City. Villa do have a Premier League game um, against West Ham because both sides are out of the FA Cup. So Villa will be playing away at West Ham. Chelsea face Leicester in the Cup. Brighton now have a blank in game week 28. So same applies um, with Arsenal. You probably want to get your Brighton and your Arsenal players out that week. So maybe just keep an eye that you haven't got, say, two Arsenal, two Brighton in the build-up to this because you might find yourself getting stuck there um, unless you want to carry them through a blank. Um, Tottenham have Fulham in the Premier League. Obviously, Fulham have Tottenham. Brentford have Burnley. West Ham have Villa. Everton have a blank. Burnley face Brentford. Palace have a blank. Wolves face Coventry in the FA Cup. Forest are away at Luton. Sheffield United blank. Bournemouth now blank, and then Luton Forest at home. Um, right, fixture volume then for this next three weeks. So game week 26, 27, 28 on ffstuff.co.uk. You can move the arrows along the top of the screen and the left-hand side column will tell you how many fixtures they have in this period of time. So teams with five fixtures up first. So we've got Aston Villa and West Ham. Both have a Premier League and European double this week, followed by... A Premier League European double 
the following week in game at 28 uh, 27 because it's the second legs um, and then in game week 28 they now have a Premier League fixture so double double and then a single Liverpool Premier League and European fixture the same as West Ham and Villa uh, so game week 26 27 Premier League Euro double and then in FA, in game week 28 it's the FA Cup match against Manchester United so five fixtures for Liverpool Villa and West Ham um, teams with four fixtures in this next three game weeks. That includes City, who have the double game week against Man United and FC Copenhagen at home. They then have a single against Liverpool in the Premier League. And then they have the FA Cup game against Newcastle. Um, Brighton, Premier League, European, same as Villa, same as West Ham, um, and same as Liverpool. But no FA Cup match. It's a blank in game week um, 27. Um, and then after that, every other team has three or two fixtures. So that includes Arsenal. So like I said, Sheffield United away, followed by a double game week in the Champions League. But then it's a blank in game week 28. Um, obviously, you can pause that on the screen, have a look through the rest of the teams. Um, but the main guys, if we want to target, if we're looking for extra fixtures, are Villa, West Ham, Liverpool, Man City and Brighton. Um Obviously, the teams with three fixtures, Arsenal, are okay, but you'll probably need to consider transfers to move them out for the blanks or move on to teams that have more fixtures. If you found that useful, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Um, you'll also get notified when we go live on our deadline streams. But next, we're going to come to the top players to target. So we're going to start off with Manchester City. 18 games unbeaten, two draws in that run. So a hell lot of wins for Manchester City, as they always seem to do this time of the season. So two clean sheets in their last three matches and a 6-2 win against Luton in midweek. Absolutely hammered them. Um, they've drawn Newcastle in the FA Cup, so it is a double game week this week. Man United and FC Copenhagen, both at home. Both look really good. Liverpool away in 27 and then 28 is that FA Cup match. 29, game week 29, all Premier League teams will have a double game week. So maybe that's one you might want to look at um, for playing boosters like part of the bus, something like that. It gives you a bit enough, bit of enough time to plan towards it. I always spend a lot of time on Harlan Foden, KDB. I'm not going to bother. Harlan's 100% owned in the top 1K. Foden is 100% owned in the top 1K. And KDB is... 86% owned in the top 1k but I'm pretty sure the rest of the people that didn't own KDB um, after his four assists against Luton are probably reconsidering and maybe thinking about bringing um, KDB into their team so Haaland five goals in that Luton game seven shots on target a big chance created and then the game previously he got an assist and two shots on target against Bournemouth. So an absolutely ridiculous week for Haaland. I had the armband on him. He finished up with 82 points. Uh, Foden rested for Luton, a well-earned rest, um, but then got 12 points and a goal against Bournemouth. 15 goals, 11 assists. Um, I think now third highest midfielder, or sorry, third highest player in the game, um, now that Haaland's reclaimed his top spot. Um, and then KDB... Yeah, like I said, four assists, two shots on target, three big chances created. And it just shows that sort of link up that he's got with Haaland. We've seen like Doku recently just putting constant crosses in 
and never reaching Haaland. Um, Alvarez's link up with Haaland hasn't been great recently and then KDB and Haaland play together and it just clicks. Um, so I think these three are kind of just must-haves. Hold them. The, the ownership's higher. You're not going to gain anything from it. But when you go against them, it just batters you. So I think find your differentials in other positions. Um, so I'm going to come on to some other players for City. Uh, their top performers for the last three game weeks, of course, were Haaland 75 points, KDB 43 points and Foden 41. But I'm going to look at some of the other options. So in defence or in goal, Edison 2.9 was rested against Luton, but he's played five of his last six matches. Um, and he's the highest scoring keeper over the last three game weeks with 30 points. So he is performing pretty well, Edison, um, and he's got a ton of fixtures still to come. Uh, won't play that game at 28. Again, they'll go for Ortega, uh, but I still think he's pretty good for um, this Man United and Copenhagen fixture. And then in game at 27, uh, Liverpool. But there are a few keepers you can get for extra fixtures, maybe Kelleher, maybe Martinez from uh, Aston Villa. But at the moment, I'm pretty happy with Edison. There's not much separating defenders at the minute. I keep looking at this to see if there's a clear Man City defender to really go for. Um, but they just have they have all the guys fit now, and they're all getting minutes, and they're all getting the same amount of rests pretty much um, over a longer period of time. So Diaz, Stones, Ake, Akanji uh, have all started five of their last six. So they've all had one rest in the last six games. Kyle Walker's had four rests in the last six. Um, and typically, in that time, if you had Walker, you missed out on two clean sheets, which I just think is unlucky. Um, on the right-hand side, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got a little graph from ffstuff.co.uk. You can look at sort of players' breakdowns by points over a certain period of time. This is the last three game weeks. And as you can see, there's not really much to separate these Um You've got Diaz with 34 points in this time, then Stones with 28, Ake with 27, Akanji with 26, and then Walker with 17. But Walker's is mostly because it just so happened that in his two matches that he was rested, um, he missed out on two clean sheets. So very unlucky for Walker owners there. Um, but there's not much even separating in price. 3.5 for Diaz, 3.5 for Stones, 3.4 for Ake. 3.6 for Akanji and 3.2 for Walker. Um, if I had to choose, I'd probably go Diaz and I've got Ake at the moment. The Stones has been impressive. Um, yeah, I just don't think there's too much between it. You're going to you're gonna get one bench in probably. If we look between now and game week 28 again, so f what's that, four fixtures, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you miss out on one, especially with it being FA Cup. Um, or across from game at 26 to 29, you're probably looking at missing sort of one fixture for your player. Um, yeah, don't think there's much in it in defence. Uh, Grealish picked up another injury. Uh, Pep did try um, Mateus Nunes at left wing in the Bournemouth game. Didn't really think it worked, but he seems to get a good amount of bonus points. I still think Rodri feels the safest midfielder to go for um, if you're trying to get two starts. And actually, over this period of the last three game weeks, Rodri had 28 points, Silva got 23, Doku got 22. So Rodri did come out on top. He did get a few attacking returns. Um, he's on seven goals, six assists for the season um, and 24 bonus from 29. Um, and as someone that just keeps getting a lot of their players benched at the moment, um, I would, if I was choosing between these guys, I think I would just go for the guy that's starting because I just find it so frustrating when these guys are on the bench. 
Um, but if you are looking for an extra midfielder, Doku's 3.9, Bernardo's 3.9. They seem okay options, but with players like Bowen, Gross, Kudus, with well, even like someone like Douglas Louise with two matches a week coming up and pretty much guaranteed 290 minutes, I think I'd look there. Uh, so let's come on to another team. Let's come on to Liverpool next. Carabao Cup final win through to the next round of the FA Cup. But no sign of Nunes and Salah, unless you want to include um, Salah apparently being seen um, running for a Pepsi Max advert or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know how much weight you really give to that. Uh, Robertson, also a worrying, a worrying one. Um, he was not in the FA Cup squad yesterday, and apparently that was through illness. Um, so I hope that he comes back. Otherwise, it's another defensive problem for me. Um, Trent and Allison out till after the international break. So uh, the international breaks straight after game week 28. So you'll, Liverpool have Forest, Sparta Prague, Man City, Sparta, and Man United. Uh, so five fixtures before they go on the international break. And then they'll be back in game week 29 for a double against Brighton and Sheffield United. So I think that's when Trent and Allison are supposed to be back. Um, they've kept back-to-back clean sheets, um, but they did have mass rotation in the FA Cup. Um, Nunes, don't bother. I just don't think there's any point. There's other strikers to choose from. You don't want to be waiting on Darwin Nunes. Um, Salah, on the other hand, quite a few people did bring him in with the hope that he was going to play this week and probably were disappointed. 53% owned in the top 1K. Um, and this will be a big decision on whether to stick or twist. I'm filming this on Thursday. Um, it's probably not the ideal day to do it, really, because I think the conferences will probably be on Friday, so we'll probably get a bit of news. Um, but Klopp's interview after the FA Cup, he didn't give anything away. He just said he'd hope to have them back, which not very useful for us. So we're going to focus on the players that we know are available at the moment. Uh, Virgil van Dijk, 3.9 million. Cup final hero, climbed to the fourth highest defender on the game. And he's averaged 9.3 across his last three matches, mostly because he's got two goals in his last three. Um, someone that I was considering bringing in this week, and after his goal in the previous game week, I kind of thought to myself, it's, a, it's between a defender and a striker for this game week. I want to go for the more attacking player. Well, this defender got more attacking returns than the striker that I brought in. Um, an absolute beast in the air. So he got that goal last week, didn't he? He also hit the crossbar that game week. And then this game week in the final, he had a goal disallowed. So it's a Robertson cross um, and a header from Virgil. But it was disallowed. Um, and I thought, oh, got away with one here. Uh, but then obviously he went away and got the winner with pretty much an identical header. Um, so really, really impressive from Virgil van Dijk. He started the FA Cup as well. I really didn't expect him to start the FA Cup. I thought, just my luck. But he was subbed off at half-time, which meant he didn't get the clean sheet points. Um, so you'd be disappointed if you had him. Um, but I've got his um, points across the last few game weeks up on the screen. Again, cheers to ffstuff.co.uk for these uh, lovely-looking visuals. Um, Virgil van Dijk, last few matches. He's got a few hauls here. So three points in that FA Cup match. Would have been another one, really, if he did get the full 90. Um, 15 points, Chelsea. 10 points against Luton in the game before. And Liverpool's defence has been fairly good. And he's just always in the squad. So I think he's probably the best option. Or if you want to be a bit more 
Um, different. Connor Bradley, 3.2. Four starts in a row now. He got an assist in that Southampton game. Um, I think that was a shot on target that came out um, to the player that put it away, but a fantasy assist. He's had three shots on target in his last four games, so he's pretty much getting a shot a game um, lately. Does get forward a lot. And he's had tackle points in all of his last three. So all action, Connor Bradley, um, he's been playing really, really well. If you get him in, you may need to reevaluate it in 28-29 when um, Trent comes back. But at the moment, Liverpool got so many injuries, especially in the midfield. So maybe there's a chance that Bradley continues at right back and Trent's maybe put into midfield. I don't know, but is a possibility. Uh, Kelleher, 2 million. I mentioned keepers. He is playing in all competitions. Um, he's got four games in two weeks um, against Edison, who has three matches in two weeks. So it might be better off to go for Liverpool. Um, and I would say they've probably got a better FA Cup game in Manchester United away than playing Newcastle if you're Manchester City. Um, or maybe fairly similar. Um, so yeah, a decent option. If you're not already on Edison, you could maybe go Kelleher. But eventually you will need to move that on. Uh, Diaz, 4.1 million. Rested in the FA Cup. But expect plenty of minutes from him. Um, you've got 10 goals, 6 assists for the season. And looking at his last few matches to see how available he is... Um, He's only been benched in two matches in his last 12. So getting a ton of minutes. On to Aston Villa. One clean sheet in their last five, uh, which was that 5-0 win against Sheffield United. So defensively not been great, um, but they've got three wins and two losses in their last five. It's a tough European draw. Um, I know Ajax haven't been um, the Ajax we usually know. Uh, I did look and I think they've climbed up to about fifth place now though, because... At the start of the season, they were right down the bottom of the Euro Divisi. Um, but yeah, fifth in that league at the moment. But they're not in the best of form, to be honest. So yeah, I just think with these sort of teams, they do seem to turn it on in Europe. So not the easiest, but game in 26, Luton away, Ajax away. I think I would expect um, Villa to come out on top in both of those. Uh, you've got Ezri Konsa back in training. Obviously, he's been brilliant this season. Uh, especially for bonus points, I'd maybe just hold on a little minute and just wait and make sure he does actually start this game week because we found out too many times bringing players that have been out with injury uh, doesn't always go to plan. So I think I would still hold fire in game week 26. Um, Ollie Watkins, 4.5 million, 19% owned in the top 1k and he's the most transferred in so far. Um, I had a, um, a few people ask me, how do you look at the most um, transferred in players? And on the Dream Team app or on the Dream Team website, literally just as you open up the app or open up the website, don't need to press anything. Just on the very first screen that opens up, um, like the menu, you literally just scroll all the way down to the bottom. I don't know why they put it so out of the way. Um, and then it shows you the top transferred in players. I don't know if that's visible. But you've got Watkins, top, Bowen, second, Virgil in third, Douglas Louise in fourth, and Haaland in fifth currently. Um, so, yeah, if you wanted to check that out, just scroll to the very bottom of the first page. But Ollie Watkins is at the top. So, ahead of game at 26, he grabbed the goal and assist last week with 11 points um, against Forrest. And then a brace in the week before, putting him on 16 goals and 15 assists for the season. He's the second highest striker behind Haaland over the last three game weeks with eight starts in a row now with pretty much 90 minutes in all of them. I think there was one game where he was on 89 minutes. 
So I went for Alvarez. I kind of wished that I'd just gone for Ollie Watkins last week now. Um, Would have came out better on points and, well, even on minutes because Alvarez didn't get one start. Um, so I think Ollie Watkins probably is the play for next week, but obviously I will come on to my team in a minute. Um, Douglas Louise grabbed a brace this week. He's 3.9 million, 18 points, free bonus in that game. Uh, nine goals, seven assists for the season. Um, he is on pens, but both of the game, both of the goals in last week were um, from open play. He's on all set pieces, um, and he's got 27 bonus points from 35. So he's on corners, free kicks, the lot, um, and penalties. And he's hit three bonus points in three of his last four games. And then I think in the other game, he just got the one bonus point. So consistently hitting the bonus points. Probably not someone that we'd think straight away of as a dream team pick. Because we'd like to have our midfielders as quite attacking. Uh, but we are seeing that these bonus points are making a big difference. Um, Bailey, goal and assist, 18 points for him. He's on nine goals, 11 assists. So 20 attacking returns for the season is really impressive he started the last five matches um, but his minutes are up and down a lot a lot of early substitutions and earlier in the season he was getting rotated a fair bit um, but he seems to be in form he seems to be in favor i just think i would go for someone else at the minute but someone to consider and then defensively like i said one clean sheet in the last five isn't the best really for aston villa uh, moreno 2.9 probably someone that i'd say is the best of the Villa defence, but you are hoping out for a attacking return. He's a very attacking player. He's got three goals, uh, no assists this season. He did come close recently, but sort of caught offside and he's had a few big chances. Um, but he is a risk of being subbed for Digne, um, especially with this busy fixture schedule. So I think I'd probably, if I was going to go for Villa, I think I'd wait and go for Consul when you know that he's fit. Um, or Martinez, 3.1 million. He's the third highest scoring goalkeeper in the game. And he's pretty decent for save points. Um, so, yeah, that's Aston Villa for you. Uh, Brighton eliminated from the FA Cup last night by Wolves. And they are really struggling with injuries at the minute. Uh, they've got Matoma now out for the season, added to their injury misery. Uh, obviously, you've got Jao Pedro Ferguson out. Um, Billy Gilmore suspended because he got sent off in the last game. Uh, there's quite a few more as well. Um, but we haven't got all day. So doubles in the next two weeks is Fulham away, Roma away, Forest at home, Roma home. And now they blank in game week 28. Um, so really, Pascal Gross is the standout option. Someone that I brought in last week. Um, 4.5 million. Got 10 points this game week. Uh, just a one bonus point against Wolves. But he's really unlucky. He got one player performance mark away from getting free bonus. He got three bonus in the match against Everton with an assist and tackle points. So seven points in that one. He's got 40 points from 33 matches with five goals, 13 assists. Um, and then on the screen, uh, I've just got his bonus points um, across the last however many game weeks that is. But as you can see, there's literally been one match that he hasn't got bonus in his last. What are we on? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 15 matches one one missed bonus in 15 matches and there's quite a lot of threes and one five in there as well so doing really well on the bonus points um and then that's without goals and assists really um there you get separate points for that so 
he is someone that's quite consistent. The reason I picked him is because I'm sick of just picking players and then taking them out when they're not in form, bring them back in when they are in form. This guy, I feel like I can just leave him there for a while. And eventually, he might have a few down games, but eventually he'll pay off in points. Um, Adingra, 3.4. Um, Matoma's out injured now. Adingra's likely to play most of the games on the left wing. Um, 119 points. He averages 4.6, and he's got seven goals, three assists. And he's played 30. Uh, he's played three lots of 90 minutes in a row since Afcon, um, so I think he should be pretty safe on the left. They don't have that many options, um, but I still do think there's better options out there. Uh, Dunk 2.5, Van Heck 2.5. Nothing really to separate them. Uh, 109 points versus 108 points. Dunk's got the more attacking returns with four goals, one assist. Um, bonus very similar. Van Heck just seems to get a few more points from tackles and that sort of stuff. But I'd probably go for Dunk um, just for the attacking returns. But I just don't fancy Brighton clean sheets in this run. West Ham. That was an impressive win for them in midweek. And Bowen managed to get a hat-trick in this one. A lot of the talk before the game was Paqueta coming back. And would it help the likes of Bowen and Kudus find their form? Because they had been pretty poor um, and I've got a graphic up on the screen here. So this is the points from Bowen. Uh, as you can see, he's scoring really nicely at the start. So I think that's game week 15. He's got six points, five, nine, eight, 11, five, three, and 14. And then he's got a run of um, two, three, two, three, two, three. Um, and that coincides exactly with Paqueta's injury. So there was that really good run of points. Paqueta gets injured. Um, Bowengold did not play, so that doesn't really count. But then he didn't really break three points um, until Paqueta came back in that Brentford game. And then Bowen gets a hat-trick uh, right on cue. So first career hat-trick for Bowen, 4.5 million. Three goals, to, uh, sorry, three goals and three shots on target in that game. He's on the fourth highest scoring player in the game with 226 points. 17 goals and five assists. Um, I guess it's just whether or not you sort of believe in this uh, Paqueta link or um, how much Paqueta is helping Bowen. But it did seem pretty clear in that game that they were back to back to actually functioning up top. Um, so could be a coincidence, but I think it probably is just he's the glue that keeps these guys together in attack. So I think I would be seriously considering Bowen for this week. Everton away, Freiburg away. Burnley at home, Freiburg at home. So two good Premier League matches alongside the Europa League. And you just know that Bowen's going to play 90 minutes in every single game he's available. Um, game week 28, Villa at home. Game week 29, Newcastle and Tottenham. So I think he's going to be a very good pick and in a lot of players' teams very soon. Kudus 4.6. The price is quite similar. Um, so... I think you would be choosing between the two. And at the minute, I'd lean to Bowen. But Kudus does have 35 bonus from 29 matches. Um, nine goals and five assists. He's got three bonus point, one assist and one shot on target against Brentford. Um, and again, he's just a nailed 90 minutes man. Uh, it wasn't at the start of the season, but Moyes seems to trust him now. He seems to have bedded in nicely. And he's pretty reliable for points. Uh, Paqueta 4.1. Like I said, he's the glue at the minute that's getting this team functioning up front, but I wouldn't pick him. Um, I'd go for Bowen or Kudus. 
Um, Ward Prowse probably going under the radar a little bit. Um, he's reliable, but he just has failed to hit the highs that he had at the start of the season. I think it was a bit of a positional change, and he just doesn't seem to be doing so well. Um, now, Emerson, this one's interesting. Emerson, 2.8 for West Ham. Obviously, you wouldn't have considered them when they're in that bad patch, so maybe something to think about if you think that this might have been a one-off. Um, but Everton and Burnley aren't really firing. Freiburg, we'll wait and see. But I do think that Emerson at 2.8 could possibly be the better option of the teams that have got Europa League. So Brighton, Villa, not really keeping clean sheets either. Um, Emerson's 2.8. He got 16 points for a goal and an assist in the last match against Brentford with five bonus points. Um, one goal, three assists for the season. So he's doing okay for attack and returns for a defender. Um, but he has the most amount of tackles on the game out of all the defenders. So 91 points, consistently hits tackle points. Um, and he's had 11 starts in a row. So no real risk of him being rotated unless there's an injury. So I actually do think maybe until Concer is back available, that Emerson out of sort of Aston Villa, Brighton, West Ham, um, probably could be the best defensive pick. It's West Ham, so... You might not be so sure on clean sheets, but he does seem like he can score points in other ways. Um, Arsenal. So, just a single game week for Arsenal. Since the three losses in a row earlier in the season, since the crisis, and then us going away on the international break, we've come back and we've won six, lost one, scoring 25, uh, 25 goals in the process and conceding just three times. Uh, with three clean sheets in the last, what, seven matches. Um, so defensively, we've been good. Scoring, we've been good. There is that blank in game week 28, though. So Sheffield United, pretty much a double double game week in one match. 27, Brentford home and Porto at home. Um, again, I think that looks a really good double game week. It's just a shame that there's that blank afterwards. Because I would have even said maybe if you had part the bus... Um, Arsenal would have been good, or still are good, for that game week 27. Um, but, of course, if you've already got Saka, and then you had sort of two um, Arsenal defenders, you're not going to be able to move them all on in the following week. So that is something to consider. And then game week 29, Arsenal got a big gap then between Porto and Manchester City in game week 29. Um, it's only one match, one game week, but I think it's actually like two weeks almost of football between the game against Porto and the game against Manchester City in 29. Um, Saka, 5.9 million, second highest scoring player in the game with 271 points, 16 goals, 12 assists. Um, like I said in the previous episode, best attack and returns from him um, of his career. Um, 37 bonus points from 33 matches and only three matches this season. Did he have a, a did not play? So he started 29 matches out of that 33, which, again, it's just someone reliable. You don't have to worry about rotation. Surprised he's only in 84% of the top 1K teams. I think this is probably because he has had single game weeks thrown in there, um, but he's performed in all of them. So I think that Saka is a must for Sheffield United, and then you'll definitely want him for game week 27. But you might want to have a plan to get him out in 28, Maybe bring him back in 29. Um, yeah, it is the Man City game, but then it's Luton, the game after it. So, 
that could be a risk. Other midfield options from Arsenal. Do you know what? I think it's a little bit underwhelming. Um, I'm completely happy with our, how our midfielders have been doing, how our attackers have been doing. But when it comes to an actual dream team, I don't think there's a standout second best midfield option. Typically, we'd always say Erdegaard um, is usually pretty consistent for attacking returns. Um, but he's been a little bit quieter this year. Uh, he's got a bit of a different role. Um, drops quite deep at times, picking up off the defenders. Um, but then also he's pressing from the front alongside Havertz in other, in other moments. So, yeah, industrious season for him, but maybe not as many goals and assists. Um, Rice, one goal, three assists in his last five. Erdegaard, one goal, three assists in his last five. Trossard has three goals and one assist, but obviously Trossard and Martinelli do rotate a fair bit. Um, Jesus should be back as well fairly soon. Havertz, he's got the most attacking returns out of this bunch. Two goals and three assists in his last five. Um, playing as that sort of central striker, he's been doing pretty well recently. And then Martinelli, just the one goal and one assist. Um, and obviously I've got the player total points across the last five matches on the screen at the bottom there. Uh, obviously, Saka clear with 53 points. Declan Rice, second with 34 points. Uh, but he did have that massive haul against West Ham. 17 points of that came in one game. Um, and then Trossard, Odegaard, Havertz, 31-30-30. Not much between them at all. Um, so I do think it's going to be really hard if you are trying to pick a second um, midfielder from this bunch. Defence defense is still interesting. Um, I'd still consider it. Um, Gabriel 4.1 third highest defender with 166 points three goals one assist uh, I thought it was quite interesting he's only been booked twice this season as well so no worries about picking up yellow cards um, Saliba 3.4 million still fine um, but he's drifting away from Gabriel a little bit um, White is just four points behind Saliba as well uh, Saliba's the most highly owned Arsenal defender but just one thing to consider, you have got Urien Timber now back in full training. Uh, didn't expect to see him again this season. And then Party isn't far away. Now, we did see at the start of the season, it could have been down to transfer speculation, but we did see sort of Party sort of um, playing at right back at times. Uh, Timber sort of playing either side or in the middle. And then Zinchenko's due back fairly soon as well, so he could be a risk to Kivior. Um, so I probably wouldn't go anywhere else but Saliba and Gabriel. I just don't think we can afford to break up that partnership at the minute. Before I come on to my team update, if you've enjoyed the video so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel for all the latest Dream Team content. Do consider checking out the latest episode of the Dream Team Tonic podcast as well. Uh, that went live on YouTube to everyone yesterday and it's on all podcast platforms as well. We've got a great Patreon community. Um, you can find that in the link in the description below. Loads of engaged managers talking about Dream Team on a daily basis. You've got exclusive articles, early access to the pods and our live streams as well. Um, so game week 25 points, 174 points for the game week, which seems a mammoth score, but 82 points of that was from Erling Haaland. 381st um, up to 324, so a green arrow, um, but still sort of drifting around the sort of high 200s, low 300s. Um, again, try, need to try and get that down, maybe target the 200-ish positions for now. Um, two City clean sheets this week, so Edison in goal and Ake 
in defence, nine points each. Robertson at left back um, got 11 points for me. Only started the one match though, so he did really well in that one as well. We got bonus points, um, the clean sheet points obviously subbed off, but missed the last game through illness. I never expected him to start the FA Cup match, but I did think that he should be in the squad. So I think that's been maybe explained with illness. I really hope that he's not going to be missing from the last one because I can't catch a break at the minute with injuries um, or illness. Uh, Stupin Yan, been trying to get rid of him for ages. If you were watching the live stream or deadline stream, there was um, got caught out with some fake news that Stupin Yan was starting. He did actually get okay minutes in that that match anyway. Off the bench, came on, got two points for some tackles, um, and then he started the match yesterday. Got another two points. He was on a bonus point, and then he lost it in the second half, uh, which was a bit disappointing. So four points. I just got to get him out. Um, but the reason I didn't get him out is because I was going to transfer him for Virgil van Dijk. Um, but then I obviously had Jota and Nunes. I wasn't really interested in carrying any of them. So Jota obviously had an injury. Nunes sounded like he was going to be injured. And he's not gone on to play at all. Um, I was just thinking if I went for more attacking moves with a higher upside, it would be better than sort of considering going for Virgil and hoping for a clean sheet. And I didn't really think Virgil would play twice. Um, but I didn't expect Virgil to score again. Um, so obviously I would have ended up much better with Virgil van Dijk. I went for Alvarez um, <laughs> and I couldn't believe that. So he's played every single Premier League match of the season until I put him in. Um, and then he gets his rest. So didn't play in the Premier League. Um, on the stream, we heard that De Bruyne was going to be benched for that first match. So I thought, brilliant. Alvarez definitely starts if De Bruyne is not going to play. Um, but wasn't the case. Didn't play in the Premier League. And I thought, don't worry about it. He hasn't played the Premier League. But obviously he'll play in the FA Cup against Luton, won't he? Um, but no, benched in two matches. Um, I don't know the last time that he was benched two matches in a row. Uh, obviously, I've broken Alvarez. Not good at all. Three points. If I'd have gone for Watkins, he'd have got me 11. So overall, I picked probably the worst option. I had, I had Watkins in mind as my striker spot. Um, or Salah, if he became available. So I'm glad I didn't go for Salah. Um, he would have got me no points. But if I'd have gone Watkins, I would have got 11. If I'd have just changed Stupinian to Virgil van Dijk, I would have got um, 18. So... Yeah, didn't work out very well, the moves this week, um, but I still got the three points from Alvarez. And Pascal Gross, who I ended up bringing in um, for one of Jota and Nunes, did get 10 points, so not too bad. So that's my defence. Midfield, Palmer got nine, Saka got 10, Foden got 12, De Bruyne got 15, and Pascal Gross got 10. Pretty much near enough all of my midfielders hitting double figures, which I'm pleased enough with. Um, Erling Haaland, 82 points with the captain's armband on. Um, obviously, a lot of people went for it. Um, I can't remember the exact amount. I think it was 96% of the top 1K, I think it might have been. And then Alvarez, three points. Um, yeah, very disappointing. Um, so what am I thinking for next week? So these are my initial thoughts. Um, I've got money coming out of my ears at the minute. Um I'm thinking a stupid end out for Virgil van Dijk. Just get it done. It keeps dragging on for too long. Um, the hope that maybe a stupid 
will do something as well and truly left my body. Um, so I'm looking at a Stupinian on to Virgil van Dijk. Better late than never. Um, he's still got decent fixtures. They've got fixtures constantly. Um, was it five fixtures in the next three um, game weeks? So I think Virgil van Dijk is a decent move in. Seems like he's going to play the bulk of games. Connor Bradley seems okay, but I just want to settle on a defender and not think about moving them out because I'm spending so much time on these defenders. It don't really seem to pay off. So I think I'm just going to get Virgil van Dijk in there and assume that he should be decent for a big chunk of the season. I'm happy with Ake. I'm happy with Edison. Robertson, I kind of wish I'd gone for Virgil or Connor Bradley. Um, when he plays, he's great. But he has only been playing one game out of the two on most occasions. Or coming off the bench, which isn't the end of the world. But... Virgil and Bradley have been getting the better minutes. I just hope he's not ill, because, yeah, if he ends up missing the Forest game, I'm going to be a bit annoyed. Uh, <laughs> but I think I might just accept it. Um, Saka, absolutely fine. Foden, De Bruyne, fine. I don't feel like there's any point messing around with these three positions, because they're highly owned, they deliver on a weekly basis, and if you take a risk with one of them positions, it doesn't. It's going to hurt you if it goes wrong. Um, so I'm happy to keep those free. Pascal Gross just transferred him. And like I mentioned when I was doing the Brighton segment, he's a long-term hold for me. Haaland, don't mess with him. Keep him in. But Alvarez, if I had more transfers, I think I'd reverse him and get him out. But I've got other things to solve. Hopefully he'll get... Um, at least one game out of this Man United to Copenhagen. If he if he ends up getting benched for two matches again, something serious has gone on because he's barely been benched at all this season. Um, and then a double benching would just push me over the edge. Um, and then, so as you would see, I've put Ollie Watkins in my team for now. Um, I've taken Cole Palmer out because he just has the single game week. And Watkins has the double. Watkins should be good for a long period of time. I have to be a little bit worried <clears throat> about Salah, but I just can't keep bringing in players on the hope that they're going to start. We saw what happened last week. Klopp's giving away nothing. Um, I think they are on the teams that plays at three o'clock on the Saturday. So I'll just double check that so we might get leaks. Three o'clock on Saturday against Forest. So probably will get confirmation of whether Salah starts or not. For that game, but at the minute I'm not feeling too confident about it. So I'm going to leave that Watkins as a placeholder. But um, Palmer could have been Salah. Palmer could have also been Bowen. I don't mind either of those moves. But at the minute I'm leaning towards Ollie Watkins for that role. So Virgil van Dijk in for Estupinian and Watkins in for Cole Palmer at the minute. Not entirely happy with Alvarez. Um, maybe he can be the guy that changes to Robert uh, changes to Bowen or Salah in future weeks. And then, eventually, I might want to move Robertson on if he doesn't seem to be getting twice a week. Um, even with these moves made, I've got 5.7 million in the bank, so an Alvarez move to Salah is perfectly doable. Um, kind of glad that I did build up an okay budget in the run-up to this. Um, that's everything. Thank you very much for watching. I'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.